Oh yeah, we are here. We are live. And we are ready to go. Oh yeah, let's get with the groove. Come on now. Today we're going to see Jesus the teacher. But a very important question I have to ask you. Ready? Are you willing to learn? That's the question. Jesus is a great teacher, but are you willing to learn? Well, I guess we'll find out today, won't we? <laughs> yes, we will. As we take a look, John chapter 7, taking a look at the life of the Lord. You know, it's funny how people can have such differing views toward the same person. You ever notice that? We find that with actors. Some people like a certain actor. Some don't like them. Pop stars, politicians. Oh, yeah. Some people like, oh, we love that politician. Other people, we don't like him at all. People are even divided by how they see Jesus. You know that? It's true. We all know that. They're divided by how we see Jesus. Well, like I said, we're in a series entitled, Let's Meet Jesus Again. For the very first time, we're taking a fresh look at the Lord. Why? Because we want to overcome any uh, familiarity, any indifference that we may have developed over the years, because that happens sometimes, okay? Now, last time we were together, we saw his brothers ridicule him. And they told him, Jesus, why don't you go to the festival? They're having the festival of booths right now. Go show off your stuff. Because no one who wants a following keeps himself a secret. And by the way, didn't you lose some disciples the other day, like maybe 5,000? Maybe you need to replace them. Go get some more. Oh, these guys, they were, they were cruel. They were. Now, Jesus also knew that there were some who wanted him out of the picture, even if it was <laughs> by death. Wow. Here he comes, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And people want him dead. What is wrong with that picture. So we pick it up in John chapter 7, verse 10. Here we go. After his brothers went up to the festival, they did. Jesus did go up. Oh, but he did it in secret. You know why? He was staying out of public view. And even there was a division among the people. And the Bible tells us in verse 11, the Jews were seeking him at the festival and they were saying, where is he? Now, they knew Jesus the rabbi, right? And they all expected Jesus to be there. You know, Jesus the teacher. Where is he? We know he's coming. All Jewish men come to the Feast of Booths. And the Bible, the Bible says in verse 12 that there was much grumbling among the crowds concerning him. Now that word grumbling, it means muttering. Kind of like a whisper. You know, when people talk under their breath, they don't want everybody to hear it, but maybe, you know, a couple of people in close proximity. You've probably seen that. Hey, maybe you've been part of it, right? 
Are you a grumbler? <laughs> you ever grumble about somebody? Or about something? Somebody walks in a room and you whisper to the person next to you, Oh, look who just walked in. Look at that. <laughs> did you ever say or did you ever hear? You believe she's wearing that? I can't believe she's wearing that. You? <laughs> That's grumbling. Somebody says, Who invited him? More grumbling. I don't know he was coming. If I knew he was coming, I wouldn't come. This is grumbling. So, when it came to grumbling about Jesus, some were saying, Oh, he's a good man. Oh, yeah, he's a good man. Others were saying, No, on the contrary, he leads the people astray. Like we said, diverse opinions toward the very same person. How can that be? Why the differing opinions? Where do they come from? Well, here's why, I believe, people will have a differing opinion about the same person. And about Jesus, especially. Is why. Some had a first-hand experience with Jesus. Oh, yeah. They were near him. They were with him. They heard him speak. They watched him do miracles. They watched him help people. So they saw him in a particular way. They liked them. Others, they never had an experience with Jesus. But you know what they did? They went by what had been said by others who didn't like him. You know what we call that? Gossip. Gossip. Speaking ill about someone. People that had a first-hand experience with Jesus, they spoke well of him. You know why? Because they experienced him. Those who were swayed by the haters, well, they were just that. Swayed. They were just swayed. That's all. They had no experience with Jesus. The ones that hated him had no experience. It was all hearsay, all gossip. And that's what happens. That's how it works. So, this particular scene, it makes us consider how our opinions are formed about people. How do you form your opinions? Is what you think of some people because of what you know them to be? Or is it what others have said about them? Hmm. So, let me ask, you know, would you like to be judged that way? Would you rather be judged by the people that met you and know you? Or would you rather be judged by the people that don't know you, but they go by hearsay or gossip? Which one? Which one do you think is fair? Now, you know which one. The judgment by the one that experienced you. You know, the Apostle Paul, he had it pretty tough. When he was, when he was bringing the gospel of truth, there were false teachers in those days. There were people that wanted to keep people in Judaism. They didn't understand the gospel of grace. And you know what these guys would do? They'd find out what city Paul was going to, and they'd get there before him. And they'd poison the people. They'd tell the people bad things about Paul that weren't true. And by the time Paul got there, they were very suspicious of him. 
Oh, yeah. Why? They went by hearsay. Is that fair? No. No one likes to be judged that way. So we've got these grumblers. Some are speaking well, some are not. In verse 30, 13, yet no one was speaking openly of him for fear of the Jews. People were afraid. They were afraid to talk publicly about Jesus because of the Jews. You know, the Jews had a lot of power. You know what they would do? If they heard someone speaking well of Jesus, they'd put him out of the synagogue. So you guys can't come to church anymore. You like him? You're not coming to this church anymore. <laughs> That's how they operated. See, fear can be a preventer of doing good. It would have been nice to speak well of Jesus, but because of fear, they didn't do it. Now all these people are in heaven, right? They probably wish they spoke out. Don't you think? You think there were people in heaven that wish if they were on the earth, they had another try, another chance. It'd be like, oh, the things I didn't do, I wish I did them. And it would also be, oh, the things I did, I wish I didn't do them. I got a lot of those. <laughs> Can't take them back, though. So in verse 14, when it was now the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he began to teach. Now, he wasn't actually inside the temple, but he was at Solomon's porch, which, which was a courtyard outside the temple. He was in a courtyard, and this particular courtyard was a gathering place of people, kind of like a public square, so to speak, a courtyard outside the temple. Even the Pharisees used to go there and hang out. So we would call it like being downtown at the temple, okay, so to speak. The religious leaders were there, the Pharisees were there, the common people were there. Even people who wanted to kill Jesus were there. Wow. Think about that. Here they are at the house of God, right? And in their heart, they want to kill Jesus. I'm like, what? They're in the house of God. And they have hatred and murder in their hearts. Shows you how off they are, doesn't it? Verse 15, the Jews then were astonished. And they said, how has this man become so learned? having never been educated. Today we're talking about Jesus, Jesus, the teacher. Are you willing to learn? So they listen to him teach and they go, man, this guy's smart. Oh, he knows the word. He knows the Torah. How do, he, 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 he never came to seminary. How do you learn all these things? And you know what they did? They tried to trace the Lord's wisdom to a human source. You know, like, oh, who was his teacher? What Pharisee, what rabbi taught him? Because they thought his wisdom was of a human origin. They knew Jesus in the natural sense. They knew him in his home. He grew up in Nazareth. They knew his family. They said, aren't these his sisters and his brothers? See, the Jews believed the Messiah would come, but he would mysteriously appear, not grow up in their midst. So they had a hard time with this Jesus character 
Because they, they saw him grow up. How could he be the Messiah? No. Messiah is going to like, boom, here he is. Wow. No, Jesus grew up in their midst. They had a hard time with that. But you see, here's the problem. I wonder if anybody else has this problem today. They could not be persuaded to see God in ordinary things. They could not be persuaded to see God in ordinary things, in everyday things. I hope you don't become like that. Because the Lord is certainly present in the ordinary things of your life. He is. He's in our everyday lives. He certainly is. Can't take that away. That's why in our relationship with God, relationship means what? Daily, consistently. So Christ is always here. God is always here. He's always with us. But these people were so spiritually minded in a sense that they couldn't see God in their day-to-day existence. But we know the Lord is certainly present in the ordinary things of our own lives. And I hope you enjoy them that way. I hope you can you enjoy the presence of God in our cognizant of his presence in your daily life. Maybe that's another reason why Jesus said, you know, you got to become like a little child. It's okay to be in awe of God. You know, a child likes to discover new things. Discover new things about God. Oh, there's so much to learn. So much to discover. Don't settle with what you know when there's so much more. So verse 16, and Jesus, he answered them because they said, where did this guy get his education? And Jesus said, my teaching is not mine, but here's who sent me. In other words, my teaching is not of human origin. And they should have realized what one of their own prophets had said. In Isaiah chapter 11, it prophesied about Christ's coming in verse 2. This was a beautiful street sign to point them to the Messiah. And Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. A spirit of wisdom and understanding. Oh, the spirit of counsel and strength. spirit of knowledge. And the fear of the Lord. Now, when they saw that in Jesus, they should have realized, hey, this is what Isaiah said. Oh, Isaiah pointed us to this person. And now, here he is. Instead, they tried to trace the wisdom of Jesus to a human origin. Rejecting. What Isaiah said, that the wisdom of Jesus would be of a divine origin. Jesus received instruction from his father, and he spoke as his father's ambassador, right? He was the father's representative on the earth. Now, here comes the kicker. Here it comes. And it was true 2,000 years ago, and it's true today. Verse 17. If anyone is 
willing to do his will. And by the way, that word willing, it means determined. You've got to make up your mind. Have you made up your mind? If anyone is willing to do his will, you know what's going to happen? He will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether Jesus said, I speak from myself. What does it take to recognize divine truth? A willing heart. That's all. If the heart is willing, you learn divine truth. If the heart is not willing, guess what? It will never, ever be revealed to you. So the condition of the heart determines the depth of knowledge. The more willing your heart, the deeper you can go with God. How far do you want to go with God? How much are you willing to learn? Are you willing to learn at all? Some say, yeah, I'm willing to learn. Okay, how much? Are you willing to go into the deep things of God? How far you're willing to go will determine how much you'll know. Hopefully, you'll, you're the kind of a person that wants to know as much as you can about God. You want to know as much as you can. You know, think of learning about God like eating this eternal artichoke. You just keep pulling back the leaves. And you never get to the middle. It's just more and more and more. My mother used to make artichokes with the breadcrumbs in the middle. A little garlic, oil. Oh, it's so good. And you pull back the leaves. And you work your way to the middle. But with God, it's like an eternal artichoke. You never get to the middle because God is infinite. Oh, there's always more to learn. And if you get that kind of a heart, you'll become very smart. You'll become very wise because as you learn of God, you attain wisdom. Yeah, not just wisdom about God, but wisdom about life. You know what we need today in this world? We need more wise people. We've got too many dummies walking around. We need some wise people. That's what we need. And that's the body of Christ that are willing to learn, glean the wisdom of God. So then Jesus tells them two shocking things to challenge their belief. In verse 28, Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I am from, and I have not come of myself. Yeah, you know me. You know where I am from. I'm not of myself. You know I grew up in Nazareth, but I also came from God. That was shocking to them. But he who sent me is true, who you do not know. He said, oh. It's like Jesus is saying, if you knew my father, you'd know me. But by the fact that you don't know me, you don't even know my father. You think you know God, but you do not. Jesus is talking to, here it comes, Bible teachers. He's talking to Bible teachers that don't know God. That's an oxymoron. Bible teachers that don't know God. They think they do, but they don't. You know, we've got that today. Yeah, we've got these liberal seminaries. Oh, man, you should burn them all down. 
teaching people Jesus is not divine. Teaching people there's no hell. That salvation through the blood of Christ is not reality. They have humanized the word of God. Oh, that angel, minute angels of light. They're doing the bidding of Satan. Well, they diminish anybody that diminishes who Jesus Christ is. Is doing the work of Satan. Because that's what he does. He diminishes Christ. He did it in eternity past. And he got one third of the angels to believe him. Wow. Those must have been the dumb angels. I mean the Bible doesn't mention dumb angels and smart angels. The Bible calls them elect angels and fallen angels. I would call them smart angels and dumb angels. Because you don't diminish Christ. He is the Son of God. He's, now he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So, you know, this has been going on for 2,000 years. People have been diminishing who Jesus is. And even the teachers in the first century, they did the same thing. It's amazing how people can remain deliberately ignorant to the truth. And why? It all goes back to being willing. That's what it goes back to. Are you willing to know the truth? See, Jesus taught like no other teacher ever did. When he spoke, people, the Bible says, people were amazed at his teaching. They were astonished. And they even said, oh, no one ever spoke like this man does. They heard it all. And when Jesus came on the scene, you know what? It was fresh. It was new. It was invigorating. It was the same word of God, but he brought life to it. And when he brought life to the word of God, he brought life to people. You want life? Then the word of God has life. It's alive and powerful. And it'll come alive in you. So Jesus claimed to come from God. And you know what, though? He substantiated those claims with miracles. Even Nicodemus, when he came by night, he said, We know you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs you do. So I guess the point is, if someone really doesn't like someone, there's not much that person can do to change their mind. Right? And if somebody doesn't like Jesus... There's not much he can do to change their mind. Someone doesn't like you. Someone doesn't like me. There's nothing we can do to change their mind. It is what it is. The only thing one can do is to get to know that person personally and maybe see the truth about them. That's all. Don't go by hearsay. Don't go by gossip. Get to know them personally. Then make a decision. You might say, yeah, they're a jerk. It's all true. Okay. <laughs> or you might say, oh, that was an unfair judgment people put on them. They're not like that at all. And I'm sure the judgment they put on Christ, that was very unfair. Because he wasn't like they were saying at all. So we end with the bad news. And then we'll end with the good news. The bad news, in verse 30, so they were seeking to seize him. 
Yeah, these people that didn't like Jesus, they weren't willing to learn. They were seeking to seize him. And no man laid eyes on him, laid, hand, laid a hand on him. You know why? Because his hour had not yet come. Even though they wanted to grab him and get rid of him, they couldn't. Because it wasn't time in God's plan. But they still rejected him. But the good news, I like to end with good news. Verse 31. Oh, but many of the crowd believed in him. Add away. Go get him. And they were saying, when the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has, will he? So I think what they're saying is, wait a minute now. No one's going to do more than this Jesus did. So this must be him. This must be the Christ, the Messiah. So here's the point today. You can go as deep as you want into the good news. You just have to be willing to do it. That's it. So the question that everybody has to answer, am I willing? Am I willing to know God as much as I can? Am I willing to go as far as I can, to go as deep as I can? That's the question. Am I satisfied with what I know? Am I satisfied with not knowing anything? Or am I never satisfied and I want to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper? So we've got three categories of people. The first two are satisfied. Some, they don't want to know. They're good with that. Others, they know something and that's okay. That's as far as they want to go. And then others, oh no, we're not satisfied at all. We want to go as deep into the knowledge of God as we can. I hope that's you. I hope that's you. I hope you're a hope clubber. Hope Clubbers are going as deep as they can. Join the Hope Club. Get a daily devotional Monday through Friday. Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, e-giving, radio funds, submit. $3 a week, you can do that. Hit the button and you'll get an email, devotional email, every day, Monday through Friday. Really pick you up and you'll go deeper with God. Thank you for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.